everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Godzilla, because that's what that means. My name is William Bibiani. I am a critic. Uh, I write for The Wrap. I write for other places as well. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I, too, am a critic. I contribute to Slash Film. Uh, and we're, we're, we're at the... It's kind of astonishing how quickly we've been going through the Heisei era. Because it's shorter than I thought it was. Because the Showa era, we started incorporating like all the other monsters that Godzilla would eventually run into. True. And how many films was that? Like 28? It was a lot. It, it was about half of the show that we had planned. Like the whole podcast. Yeah. Was give or take, about half of it was the Showa era. Which, yeah. partly because there were a ton of Godzilla movies, and mm -hmm. also there were a ton of related movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's also a longer period. The first yeah. Godzilla. Uh, the first Godzilla movie came out in 54 and the last uh, film of the Showa era wasn't until 1975. It was a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Heisei era started in 84. We're already mm. in 94 and there's only one more. Yeah. That's, that's seven films that we, in the uh in One more the Godzilla era. proper, although we will be doing the entire Mothra trilogy. Birth of Mothra, that's true. The Birth of Mothra before we yeah. get to the Millennium era. And before is... we get to the Millennium era, we will also have the Roland Emmerich film. Oh, golly. Thanks for reminding me of that's that. That's coming up soon. Oh, my God. Um, mm. I, I do appreciate we'll get to this, but that, that's not, it wasn't technically Godzilla. Yes, yes, but, yes. We've talked about it before. Yeah, that, they, they've retconned that. They, they retconned but... that. That was that was a monster that those dumb Americans <laughs> merely thought was Godzilla. Yes. It's a different monster. Fools. Because we're too, we're too dumb so, to know the difference. It's, it's weird... Actually, given the context of how the, the, the that monster in the Roland Emmerich Godzilla gets its name, mm -hmm. uh, that actually doesn't make sense. But no, no, we're just no. going to let it go because, um, fuck it, it's not a very good movie. <laughs> um, I'm curious, I haven't revisited it in a long time, so maybe, it'll, maybe I'll be forgiving. Maybe yeah, it's going to be kind of kooky fun, you know, I don't know. But uh, next week, uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but next week we're going to be talking about Godzilla vs. Destoroyah. Yeah. Uh, and... That film, Godzilla, dies. So it's kind of the end of that series, like, definitively. Oh, man. So we're going to be without him for a little while. Oh, man. Sunrise, <laughs> sunset. You know what else Godzilla died? In the first movie. Well, yeah. Like, way back in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, but Godzilla always finds a way. <laughs> and in fact, in, in the movie... I remember Ian Malcolm saying that so eloquently in yeah. Jurassic Park. Godzilla, Godzilla finds, finds a way. A way. Yeah. And in, in the film we're talking about... Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Yes. Uh, Godzilla cells, mm. like cells from Godzilla's body, mm -hmm. will drift off into space and just make another Godzilla. Like you do. They, they, they. I, I love the plot of this movie because, first off, it's almost non-existent. There's very no, little plot no, in this movie. It's, 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 it's impossible to follow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's impossible to follow while also being weirdly simple. Uh, but... Basically, uh, there's a Space Godzilla. And Space Godzilla, if you haven't watched... I know people are watching these movies along with us. This one, like uh, the last uh, film, is, is on Pluto for free. Hmm. Uh, they don't have a great system if you have to rewind, because then it like gets kind of wonky and they want to show you the same commercials over and over again. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going to watch it straight through, it's a perfectly good system. Um, what was I going with this? So, uh, if you're watching along with us, you know what Space Godzilla looks like. If you don't know what Space Godzilla looks like, and you're going off of this podcast, it's Godzilla. But but, but like, it's like the Pokemon evolution. Of it's Godzilla. like it's it's Godzilla. But uh, remember Magic Crystals. Magic remember crystals. you know like those things you used to get in like the '90s, and they were basically this like little chemistry set thing, and like oh, crystals you, you would drop, form. You drop them in water, and yeah. the, the crystals would grow. Yeah. yeah. Imagine if Godzilla was like a chia pet, but instead of growing chia, hmm. he grew crystals. And imagine the crystals were so big, they made it look like Godzilla was the tiniest part of Godzilla. Like, well, he they, looks ridiculous they, up there. The, the, the plot he, looks of like, the he looks like a sheep who hasn't been shorn <laughs> in like 20 years. I, I remember in, uh, in the movie uh, Hellboy... Yeah. He has gigantic horns, but doesn't like how gigantic they are. So, yeah. like, you sand them to down. shave them down. So he has, like, yeah. these two kind of cylindrical nubs on his head. But later in the movie, they grow out. And yet, surely enough, they're, like, a foot long each. Yeah, hard gigantic. to get through doors. Yeah, I get it. Uh, uh, that's what God's, Space Godzilla needs, to shave yeah. those things down. He looks uh, ridiculous. And 
he, he looks ridiculous even in like the final monster fights when he yeah. like grows legs and, and he and Godzilla are just sort of mm-hmm. having at it. Because he sheds most but, uh, of them, but he has these giant crystals giant shoulder pointing crystals, out of his. Yeah. He looks like a Rob Liefeld drawing. Not a Rob Liefeld drawing like gone wrong or like Rob. Not, it's just like just that's just what he drew like. <laughs> Everything was shoulder pads in the nineties. Gigantic shoulder pads. And this yeah. was ninety four, so I guess yeah. this is the time for it. Yeah. Uh, he if looks. He had e- pouches. It'd be perfect. Space Godzilla looks even more ridiculous before he comes to Earth. Yeah. And is a gigantic flying crystal mm-hmm. with like a Godzilla stuck to the bottom. Yeah. No, no. It it's seriously absolutely ridiculous. Mm. It's like it's imagine a hedgehog if the actual animal part of the hedgehog was fifty percent smaller. <laughs> that's that's like, like a big a big ball, all the spines ball spikes and then very like very a shrew sized animal was underneath I, I, all of that. It's an odd choice. I think I guess they thought it was cool. Mm. They went through a whole bunch of different types of designs. They they keyed into the idea that it would be like a crystal Godzilla really early because mm. I don't know. I guess new wave nineties, but. Yeah, it's a it's a weird look. I I'm not a huge fan, but so, the 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 thing is is that in order to create Space Godzilla, hmm. they said okay, well some Godzilla stuff got into space, and the Heisei era is so weird that even the characters in the film can't say for certain which Godzilla <laughs> DNA that got shot into space it was. It was either Biollante, which got shot into space and was like partly Godzilla and planned. Yeah. Or after the fight with Godzilla, when Mothra went into space, mm. Mothra bought some Godzilla DNA with it. Either way, their 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 theory is that some of that Godzilla DNA fell into a black hole, then spilled out of a white hole, which I looked up and they didn't make that up. It just doesn't come up very often in conversation. No, that, that, that's an actual astral phenomenon. Yeah, it's, an, yeah. it's the opposite of a black hole. Things can only come out of it, as opposed to only can go in. Mm. Um, and somehow, Space Godzilla. I, I love that, uh, it, you know, black holes are a real thing. It's sort of yeah. like gravity wells, just, they're so strong, they yeah. suck in light. An imploded and, yeah. star that got so dense, mm. nothing can escape yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that science fiction authors, le- you know, learn mm. about this phenomenon. They suck in light. And their first instinct was, clearly that's a door. Yeah, you go you go through it and you exit out the other side. Now, how about you're just it's so gravitationally dense you're just crushed into nothingness right yeah, away. Yeah, I think I think the term uh, that has been popularized is spaghettification. Spaghetti- yeah, you as it like it pulls you. It can, yeah, you you're turn, not going to you remain into your... a, a strand of spaghetti. Yeah. Ugh, but it's like one atom thick. Like yeah. you know, it's you're that that kind of yeah. Uh, did you know that if you uh, laid took out your intestines and laid them out end to end, you'd be a big mess. Um, <laughs> It's not my joke. That's Ogden Edsel. I was, uh, yeah. was, was going to do a similar joke if you hadn't, if you'd actually done the act, because it's really quite long. Mm. Yeah, but uh, not recommended. No, not recommended. <laughs> don't do it. Don't don't do that at the Thanksgiving table. That's no. be really awkward. Or, or any table, yeah. really. So, but here here's the basic gist of the plot in terms of the space Godzilla part. Uh, Godzilla DNA somehow got into space, created a space Godzilla. Mm. Godzilla comes back to Earth and says, "I guess I'll fuck this shit up." That's it. It's kind of a. There's no and, uh, like. There's no one controlling Space Godzilla. There's no. There is a, a sequence right at the beginning mm-hmm. where we see Mothra flying out into space. Yeah. And Mothra is evidently able to not just lay eggs, but just. I'm not sure if this was literal or abstract mm. because we see Mothra flying out in space, like at the very end of uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah, a friendly reminder that yeah. that's where Mothra, Mothra is. Mothra, yeah, was going to fly out into space and take. Mothra care of will the, be of no help. The uh, a, a, a meteor that was coming. So yeah. Mothra was on that mission, and evidently, while Mothra was doing that, uh, it looks like Mothra multiplied. Like it was this mm. big kind of abstract sequence where the, the screen just sort of filled with Mothras. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was meant to be something we're supposed to take literally or just sort of this fun abstract sequence. Later on in the film, um, the uh, the character of... It's Mickey? Mickey, the psychic. Mickey, yeah. the psychic. You know, she's still here. She got a bigger role than usual, by the way, which I appreciate it because I think she's a really fun character. Um, she is recruited. They try to recruit her for a project, which is, hey, listen... We really want to like shoot like a dart in Godzilla's neck. And we think that if we shoot this particular dart in Godzilla's neck, it's like a techno dart, mm. uh, we think that that will give you the opportunity to psychically control Godzilla. It's like a little antenna. Yeah. 
And w- would you do that? And she's like, I don't know, man. It's not, not really ethical. I, it's or... not ethical. I think I, I, you know, I'm one of the few people who actually like espouses Godzilla's rights. <laughs> and this is this is kind of fucked up. And like, well, if you won't do it, we'll force all the psychic, you know, elementary Chil- schoolers that you've been to teaching, do it. Yeah. And she's like, well, that would be Which monstrous. In, th- those were introduced in the last movie. Yeah, so good continuity there. So, yeah. But she's like, well, that would be monstrous. And they're like, eh, we do it. And she's like, well, fuck. So she's thinking about it. And then a little tiny Mothra flies up to her. And then that Mothra, this little visual effect, turns into the cosmos. Mm-hmm. The little uh, uh, twin little, characters from the previous pi- film, pixie characters, yeah. and they said, "Hey, listen, there's there's a space Godzilla, and it's gonna be a thing. It's gonna come here, and it's gonna try to kill Godzilla. And if it kills Godzilla, the Earth will be defenseless. So don't let it do that. Mm. And uh, bye. And then they fly away. And Mickey's like, "Well, shit. I, I guess I gotta do this now. <laughs> I gotta get involved. So she's gonna go to." Not Monster Island. There's still no Monster Island, but there's an mm. island with Godzilla on it and Godzilla's adopted son. That's right. Not biologic, adopted. And I loved the Wikipedia page for this because they <laughs> repeatedly reminded you, adopted son. Godzilla, it's like when Tarzan found a son in the 1930s. Uh, because, uh, it, well, in the 1930s, those were the later... Uh, Tarzan films were made with the production code. Yeah, the, the first, first two weren't, and they were very sexy. Oh golly, and that, like, that's full sec- of sex, uh, uh, nudity. Tarzan finds his mate is an excellent adventure picture. From, yeah, uh, that's the second film. Yeah, it, uh, it's still full of a bunch of colonialist bullshit, mm. but the adventure aspects are really great. Yeah, well, and, and yeah. it's also very sexually empowering. Jane is actually, you know. D- self-realized modern woman in that yeah, movie. She has decided she to... to eschew uh, modern society because I can stay here and fuck Tarzan all I want. Yeah, and, and, th- and that's the, almost spoken out loud in the movie. Basically, yeah. like, the other, the, the, the men from outside come to, like, oh, listen, well, we'll tempt her with dresses. And she's like, well, those are nice dresses, but I'm going to fuck Tarzan forever. <laughs> Don't you want to come back to us and to the colonialist country and be oppressed? I'm going no, to I fuck don't. Tarzan forever. <laughs> you, he's, he's a professional swimmer, that Johnny Weissmuller. I know. He's in good shape. Yeah, so it's ridiculous. But after those first two, the production code kicked in. And that was a system, again, if you need a primer, it was a system of self-censorship that the uh, Hollywood studios thrust upon themselves because they were worried that if they didn't, the government would do it for them. Mm. Under... Practical circumstances, it really was the same thing for decades. I think the only difference is it was easier to end it when audiences stopped giving a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so after the first two Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan movies, the production code kicked in and they got a lot less sexy. Yeah. The, the 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 bikinis got a lot. They covered bit a lot more thicker. skin. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, the, when, and when it was time for them to have a child. They couldn't have Jane be pregnant no, by because, Tarzan. Because now, um, officially, they've never had sex. They're not married. Yeah, that, that, that was the kind of crap that they had to you do with the production. Dirty they, minds, they, audience. They had, to be, they had to be married if they were going to have a son because they weren't married. They couldn't have a son. They couldn't have... It couldn't be, even be implied that they were sleeping together. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the title of the movie is Tarzan Finds a Son. Yeah. Like, just in a bush somewhere. Yeah. And he names the son Boy. And boy, do I hate boy. You'd think Jane would have had something to say about mm. that name. Mm. Like, we think we could do a little better than that, Tars. Yeah, but have you, you seen like... that little twerp? He doesn't <laughs> deserve a name. In any case, Godzilla found a son. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's been upgraded from Baby Godzilla to Little Godzilla. And in the previous film, Baby Godzilla was about human size, a little taller mm. maybe. But, you know, you could fit him in, in through a door real easy. And it had, like, big cartoon Muppety eyes, mm-hmm. but also, like, leaned forward, like its tail was suspended like a lizard. Yeah. Um, big, you know, four big fangs, which I know you were... Uh, yeah. took a little bit of exception to because I think they said it was a vegetarian They explicitly creature. said it was a vegetarian uh, so it but they gave it carnivore teeth. teeth. But as, yeah, yeah. It has ripping teeth instead, but whatever. whatever. Uh, yeah. And, and I said you're going to hate it because that thing is at least like relatively lizard-like compared to the thing we get in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Uh, from Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, lizard. This one, stuffed animal, toyetic marketing you decision. Know, I, I'm going to say uh, this right now because I actually... I, I don't I, I don't think yes that's our neighbors making that thumping noise. Oh yeah, if you can hear a thumping noise, it's yeah, coming through the wall. That. I have no control over that. But um, I'm reminded of a line from The Simpsons, and there's certain mm-hmm. lines from The Simpsons that 
I think we go back to over and over again just because they encapsulate things like uh, beer, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's yeah. a good line, damn it. But one line I keep coming back to is, I may not know art, but I know what I hate. <laughs> and I don't hate this. I don't hate little Godzilla. Really? I, I don't hate him. I'm kind of surprised. I thought you might. No, um, no, because I think, I think in this movie... With the space Godzilla's. With space and, Godzilla. and we'll get to Mogera in a second as they, well. But they yeah. use him judiciously. Mm. They don't like rely on him as though he, they think he's the main selling point of the movie. He's a part of the movie. Okay. And I think that they understand that little Godzilla is useful for... The, I, I hesitate to say humanizing, but uh, making Godzilla more empathetic than he has been in previous Heisei films, where he was kind of a big animal force in nature. Mm -hmm. uh, with this film, Godzilla gets to actually feel like he, he, he's, he's the hero a little bit, no. but without it being like ultra cartoony and forced. Mm. Well, I feel like with the Heisei era, some interesting things are going down uh, all throughout the Showa era. Mm -hmm. uh, and to, the, to this day, we see Godzilla as this nuclear force of destruction. Mm -hmm. And then as the series went on, it became, uh, you know, he became uh, Japan's bouncer. Yeah. Uh, talked about those things endlessly. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find out, like, and I've seen all these Heisei movies before, and I'm trying to figure out, like, what is the guiding principle? Mm -hmm. Because as we learned in Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, mm -hmm. Godzilla is no longer the result of nuclear devastation. Godzilla mm -hmm. was created deliberately in this universe. Mm -hmm. uh, they made Godzilla to be an enforcer. Godzilla has now been absolved of being a, a metaphor for nuclear destruction. Mm. Godzilla is actually a, const a constructive force now. It's a little and, oversimplified, uh, but yeah, fair enough. And I, another element that goes along with the Heisei era, and maybe you can help me unpack this, uh, a lot of these movies are devoted to Godzilla's like biology. Mm -hmm. His his brain and his blood and his, mm. his precious bodily fluids. Um, yeah. A, a, and his cells, you know, it, it's actually about examining a little bit what makes Godzilla work. Mm -hmm. So there's actually a lot more of a sensitivity mm -hmm. toward what Godzilla is, trying to understand Godzilla. And yeah. I feel like there's a weird kind of almost underpinning of diplomacy yeah. from the human characters no, when it comes to facing Godzilla I think that's, in the Heisei era. I think that's the key difference in the mm -hmm. Heisei era is that there's a lot more emphasis on the human characters. And in the Showa era, there were a lot of human characters, but oftentimes their stories were a little tangential to Godzilla. Yeah. Um, in this series, the majority of the human characters, their stories revolve around Godzilla. It is about Godzilla existing, mm -hmm. and we need to find a way to either destroy him because he's an active threat or coexist it's like a community living under an active volcano mm -hmm. and i think that's what it really is all about it is about humanity realizing that this is something that we have to deal with we can't just throw him on an island somewhere that's not an option for some reason this time we have to engage with this force of nature mm. And the way that they choose to engage with that force of nature is, depends on the character. And th this is actually comes to a head in Space Godzilla because uh, Mickey, uh, having interacted with and indeed mind-melded with Godzilla before, uh, sees Godzilla as a complicated creature. Not just a mindless murder leviathan. Right. But actually like a, a, a creature with feelings, a creature with a certain amount of complexity to it, a creature with a soul. Uh the other members of uh, G-Force uh, mostly think of Godzilla as a thing to be destroyed. G-Force being the branch of the military devoted to fighting Godzilla. Yeah, and they have created in this movie, and we'll get, th this is a whole separate thing. They created like a new, Mecha Godzilla didn't work, so they created a new giant Godzilla killing Mecha called Mogera, which is the exact same name. I think it's slightly spelled differently. Well, in, in, this, one, it, in this one, it's, a, it's an acronym. In the yeah. original, it was just called Mogera. Yeah. In this one, it is Mogera with the periods, and I don't mm. know what Mogera is supposed to stand for. <laughs> Nor I. But uh, I don't think anybody really does. But yeah, but that was the uh, Robo Kaiju from the movie The Mysterians. The actual Mysterians, despite what Whitney said last week, don't actually show up in this one. So, yeah, I, I think I, you remember I, that a little bit. Well, I, I remember 
I didn't remember this movie with other. I'm glad I rewatched it because mm. I, I seem to remember that there were aliens in this movie, but there yeah. aren't. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just the space Godzilla just sort of comes from space. I kept it, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and to find out Godzilla was a pawn in the Mysterians game. I'm like, no. So they've created this giant robot and a lot of the members of G-Force are ready to use that robot to kill Godzilla. And there is also a guy uh, who is living on the island where little Godzilla lives and where Godzilla apparently frequently visits. Mm. Um, and he's gone kind of Ahab where uh, Godzilla killed a friend of his and ever since then, he's been obsessed with killing Godzilla. He has discovered, hmm. just like in The Hobbit, uh, that Godzilla has like one weak spot, like one like little missing scale or something underneath his armpit. And he thinks that if he can shoot a blood coagulant into that hole, uh, he can kill Godzilla. With, just, just with like a gun. Just one like guy with a gun. It, it's like a particularly large caliber bullet from just an ordinary gun yeah like but it's, it's not even like a cannonball it's just like something you yeah. can hold in a single hand and and it's like it, it's kind of comical because we've seen godzilla deal with way worse shit yeah, than like, that like late space lasers and mothras and shit you think a single bullet can yeah. do it but, yeah. but they want um, yeah but they want to destroy godzilla and then when space godzilla shows up it becomes abundantly clear that godzilla though a danger in and of himself is a useful defense mechanism against other monsters. Mm. And at the very least, for now, mm. a truce will be necessary in order to team up with Godzilla and destroy Space Godzilla together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mogera, M O G U E R A, Mobile Operation Godzilla Universal Expert Robot Aerotype. A-E-R-O. Really, A-E-R-O really yeah. struggling towards the end of that, but okay. Yeah. Uh, mobile, op- mobile Operation Godzilla Universal? Like what? Like unit would have been fine. Like that would have been okay. Mobile, mobile Operation Godzilla, Godzilla. Mobile Operation Godzilla Universal Expert Robot. Universal Expert Robot. No. Aerotype. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah, what, you that's know. A... Oh, good. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. So there's a... You mo- have a Mogair? What type? So there's a Mogair. Aerotype. Okay, good. So there's like, if it's a ground type, it is a, is it a Mogerg? Yes. It must be. It's a ground type. Mogair. <laughs> the B is for bargain. <laughs> uh, what's the other B for? That's a typo. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so they go to this island and they're going to try to implant this uh, probe onto Godzilla. Meanwhile, the guy who has gone full Ahab on Godzilla, he's been waiting for Godzilla. He's been planting tear gas mines, which... Honestly, hitting Godzilla with gas makes a lot more sense, and it's weird that nobody's tried it more. Mm. Like, because he has still has to breathe, right? Like, it's my whole thing with Wolverine. Everyone's like, it's impossible to kill Wolverine. Drown Drown him. him. (laughs) It's the easiest thing in the world. You can't can't heal from drowning. Yeah, just drown him. He'll sink to the bottom of the ocean. Every time I try cutting him, he heals. Stop cutting him. Yeah. Bullet to the head does nothing. Don't use bullets. Seriously, drown. It's the easiest Dump, thing in the dumping world. Dumping him a vat of like, acid. Godzilla part is of him, part of parts of him won't heal. Now Godzilla is amphibious, but like the, he still has to breathe something, and so poisoning the air makes a lot of sense. I understand you don't want to drop that in the middle of like you know an urban area, but he's not always in an urban area, is he? So well, like, I, I, would I think sense. I think the environmental disasters they they should at least say that like we could poison the air around him, but we'd have to create a poison well, cloud that would enshroud a country. Just so. shoot a gas grenade into his mouth. Well, and that's what they do in Godzilla minus one. They mm-hmm. fl- they fly a plane into his mouth mm-hmm. and blow, blow its head off. That tracks. So it, it's yeah. they eventually do it. Yeah, it took until twenty twenty three, but they eventually wait a while, did man. it. Um, but, uh, so they're going to shoot the probe into Godzilla's thing, but the guy who's gone full Ahab, uh, little Godzilla has taken a liking to him yeah. and he doesn't have a thing against little Godzilla. So little Godzilla has like become like almost like, like a, like an old yeller kind of situation or something <laughs> for this guy. And sure enough, after our generic G force heroes and Mickey and a couple of scientists and this Ahab guy, are on the island. Uh, poor little Godzilla. He like walks onto the beach and he keeps hitting all of the tear gas mines. And I'm like, <laughs> I actually feel bad for little Godzilla because he's really tiny. That's really going to affect him a lot more than it's going to affect Godzilla. And even that guy is like, ah, I didn't mean for that. I'm like, well, what? We, it's, it's the island he lives on. You did not think this through. And when he and when little Godzilla gets upset, big Godzilla shows up. Oh yeah. 
And Big Godzilla shows up and he's in the ocean. And, like, and so our they, Ahab guy wants they, to kill him. And then... And they've uh, been using the old Akira Ifukube music throughout most of these. Yeah, too. he didn't do this one, but he no, but been they, reusing they, some of it. They yeah. reused like that, that military march in yeah, most classic. of these movies. Um, so they able to shoot the probe into Godzilla's neck. And Mickey puts on basically Cerebro, this like weird little helmet thing yeah, with yeah, probes yeah. on it. And it's like, can you make connection with Godzilla? Yes, I've been able to turn him slightly to the left. And they're like, ooh, how exciting. And then the machine shorts out and it will never be mentioned again. <laughs> It's done. I, I think that's something they they might bring up in future movies. I like, hope it's, so. It's, they they eventually use it as precedent, and I, I don't recall if it was the next one or if it's yeah. not until one of the movies in the millennium era. I kept expecting that to yeah. be important, but it does not. I mean, they, there's a little bit towards the end where one of the scientists turns evil, mm. but it still doesn't amount to anything. In fact, the movie ends with like the probe like being pulled out of Godzilla, and Godzilla sort of turning around and looking at Mickey going, thanks. Like, <laughs> like it's like... Punch the chest, peace sign kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. And like, which is which is fine, but also kind of a waste of a plot point that really didn't mm. go anywhere. But sure enough, Godzilla well, and, does and his the, own thing. Yeah. B- by Sorry. the way, um, yeah, you kind of missed a a, a bit of a wild plot point here. And, oh, which one? And it's meant? well, the idea, and it's such a wild plot point that it's kind of weird that we spend so little time on it. But the people who put that cerebro computer on mm-hmm. Mickey's head is not the Japanese military or G force. Oh yeah, it's the yakuza. Yeah, I was gonna get to that later, but like that's <laughs> it's what, the, the mob. Yeah, yeah, later on, the scientists like kidnap Mickey, mm. and they're like, "Hey, wh- who are those guys?" And like they have guys like, "Oh yes, that's the Japanese mafia." And like, why did the the, the Yakuza want to enlist Godzilla? That's a whole movie. That, that could be the movie. Like I want to see Godzilla Yakuza helping has... with heists. Like what? Can you like, imagine? Just, like, like lifts up a bank. Yeah, that kind a of a movie where like it's one of those mafia movies where like mafias from like all over. Like, mafia is more of an Italian term, but like organized crime from that around one. the world. And there are movies in which like the organized crime from Italy and the organized crime from Japan fight, or the, the America and Japan fight, or whatever. Oh no! <laughs> They've got a Godzilla. <laughs> we are screwed. There's a gang war. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. How, how many Tommy guns we got? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they got Godzilla, and and then and then of course there's the scene where Godzilla like gets a little too big for his britches, starts dressing in pinstripes. Yeah. I I would love to see a picture of Godzilla in an outsized pinstripe suit and a fedora. Oh, that'd be a great picture. Picks up a water tower and starts smoking it like a cigar. <laughs> You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. The, the whole Yakuza thing like comes up like midway through the movie. And it's just a distraction. It's just mm-hmm. we have to like get our guys into Mogera so they can fight Space Godzilla. But oh no, Mickey's been kidnapped by the Yakuza. And so they go to save her. And there's one bit that I will admit has something I haven't seen in a movie before. Because you know in movies where there's a shootout, people will like knock over a table and use that as like a bulletproof shield as though all tables are bulletproof. Mm-hmm. You know, tables uh they do that but mickey has been strapped to a table like you know like in a mad scientist lab so they knock over the table with her on it so if they (laughs) shoot the table they're gonna shoot her Mm -hmm. and so it's actually like a really good move for them so like because the heroes can't do nothing about it and then mickey just closes her eyes and concentrates and then her whole table lifts up and the guy's like oh shit and then the heroes shoot him Mm -hmm. and they're like hey what did you just do oh telekinesis could you, you could, do that before? Never, First time. Never never did it before. Never tried. Yeah. You never tried? You work at a psychic organization. It's never come up. You mm-hmm. never thought to ask yourself, can I do that? I, I do love the kind of... They've retained that kind of no-holds-barred spirit in the yeah. Godzilla movies in the Heisei era. Uh, you think of some of the Godzilla movies from the 60s that have like aliens yeah. and shit, and it's... It's absolute a, nonsense yeah, a lot of the time exciting yeah. and fun i, I yeah. feel like in the 90s they're embracing the nonsense yeah but they're trying to also make better movies at the same time like filmmaking yeah. has changed a lot yeah so like the, the visual s- effects look more yeah. real and cooler the, the and, silliness yeah. is still there the, the the tone yeah is a lot a lot more um cooler is the best word for yeah. it they're just trying to make it look cool yeah uh, a lot of mecha stuff yeah uh i i love the uh thunderbirds level effects like all these fetish shots of mogara like unfolding and transforming and just yeah. like other things splitting into a tank and a mm. jet and then they reform and like yeah. that's 
Ah, oh, that's the shit, man. That's <laughs> like, that's good stuff. Like, a, like I'm I'm getting a weird kind of high watching those. Movies. Like, I'm I'm not sure if if you're a fan of Thunderbirds, um, eh, or, really. or the Jerry Anderson. I, know, stuff, I never but... really watched a lot of Jerry Anderson. There you go. I, I saw the Jerry Anderson when I was a little kid, and then I discovered it later, like in my twenties. Yeah. Like, this is this is good. I like it, this. It was stuff. never really huge in America. It, it, it was, was more of a, of, it was more yeah. of a UK thing. Well, like a lot of Godzilla movies and a lot of <laughs> yeah, like, you know. Um, monster movies international air uh, imports mm. they uh, showed a lot of these on public access tv here yeah. in the united states uh it, here in la it was channel 28 kcet ah, and um nice. so it was also uh, they showed like pbs and, and sesame mm. street that's where they used to show uh doctor who back yeah in, like, and, the doctor, 80s and doctor 90s. who was yeah. one of them yeah came, a lot of, came lot of international the, stuff came, came to the, yeah pub, the public broadcast station <coughs> excuse me so uh and a lot of the thunderbirds stuff showed on there so i saw it as a kid and okay. thunderbirds is fun because you're watching sort of an adventure story, but they're also toys. They're yeah, marionettes, they're puppets, and yeah. and golly, the the machine fetish that uh, Jerry and Sylvia Anderson uh, sort of put the audiences through. All of these mm. gigantic planes and airships. There's yeah. uh, the opening of the movie Thunderbird. Thunderbirds are go. That's a is, 60s movie, not like the Ben Kingsley one. That no, no. Thund- yeah. The title of the film is Thunderbirds are go. Is the movie yeah. from the 60s yeah. and. Um, there were two Thunderbirds movies in the 60s. There's that one and one. The second movie, confusingly, was called Thunderbird 6. But, uh... Because <laughs> there's five Thunderbird vehicles and they yeah. wanted to make a sixth one. Uh, that reminds me. Are, the, you, are you familiar with the new with the cars called Ionics? Like, there's, like, a electric... Oh, it's, it's yeah, car. like, trying to yeah, they, horn they, in on Tesla's territory. They, they've and, been naming them, like, the Ionic 5. And I'm like, when the Ionic 6 comes along, you gotta take the Bionics theme song. <laughs> Be- License that shit. Because you the Bionic... every Gen Y kid yeah. in the world. There was a short-lived, but really well-animated sci-fi series called Bionic 6. And it was like the Fantastic Four, but there were six of them. And the theme song is a... Goddamn earworm. Bionic, bionic six. We work together. We fight for right. Bionic, bionic six. uh, Bionic six, 1987, lasted two seasons, so we can't do it on Council too soon. No, no. And also was one of those, like, animated series where, like, one season was a lot of episodes. Um, Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, two seasons, 65 episodes yeah, of Bionic yeah. 6. Uh, it was in syndication, and yeah, it, it was sort of a spinoff of uh, The Bionic Woman and The Six Million Dollar Man. Uh, where yeah. it was a family in the near not future. Not spinoff, but inspired by. Inspired yeah. by, and, yeah. uh, and each of them had like some sort of cybernetic body part or component. Yeah. It's pretty cool, and, actually. Yeah. Like, it, it's aged better than a lot of the other shows of its era. But... Um, I, I digress. You were talking about the Thunderbirds are go and the toy. Oh egg. yeah. Just yeah. the idea of uh, the, the opening portion of that uh, Thunderbirds movie mm-hmm. was, and it feels like like 10 solid minutes of an airship merely assembling itself on like an airfield. There's no music. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of airplane engine noises. And this thing, these things like very slowly being pushed across an airfield and locking together into this bigger and bigger mm-hmm. machine. And when you're a little kid, somehow that's really fascinating. Just watching this thing sort sure. of fit together. All of the scenes of Mogera brought back that high of watching like its its wings sort of contract into its body or its head like sort of folds forward and it turns into this big thing that it disassembles. Somebody knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make that thing look really awesome. Uh, and because it's a practical effect, it also looks like a toy. It's clearly a miniature. Yeah. Um, and I love the way that looks. Just yeah. I like the look of that. I know that you can do anything with CGI these yeah. days, but... When you'd have that little sort of, there's something really tactile about a practical effect. That, yeah. Uh, no, and I, o- I old old grumpy men my age will constantly tout uh, the the benefits of just because that's what we grew right. up. And, and I think, uh, um, but I really do think, like looking back on like the whole history of film and the history of film, they've been visual effects since the silent era, since the very beginning of the silent era, hmm. uh, and for a long time, visual effects, the the to create something genuinely. Uh, impossible mm-hmm. on screen um, to do that with any level of realism was extremely rare for a long time yeah and you'd see something like James Whale's Invisible Man and you go wow okay you guys really went all out that's really great mm-hmm. but most of the time the audience was expected to bring some of their own imagination here because yeah. we're, we're all you agreeing overlook. to believe this today, yeah. okay? We're going to do some of the work. You're going to have to do the rest of it because we have not invented CGI yet. Like, there was that vibe. And, and that's true for a lot of the early Godzilla movies as well. Uh, and that's totally fine. And I, I wish people would understand that a little better. Because I feel like some people have, have trouble 
watching older genre type movies because of this because they think oh this is just bad like no 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 no, no. this the, the, this was the vibe mm-hmm. this was a real whole vibe that you're just not joining us on like we're, we're all in this together right we all want this to be real so we're gonna do it together i think we hit a sweet spot in the late 80s and early 90s where practical effects and stop motion and things uh got good enough mm-hmm. that they actually looked pretty fucking cool and convincing without the CGI elements that would start to be well, birthed. Can... And we would get films like, uh, uh, well, here's a, f- a film that like a lot of the uh, visual effects artists ended up working on these Godzilla movies and did all the mecha stuff, a gunhead, mm. which if you've ever seen, just watch the trailer for it. You'd be like, Oh my God, that's the coolest movie I've ever seen, but, or haven't. Uh, but, uh, or you would get things like robot jocks, Oh, yeah, Which yeah, you know, it's, it's, as a movie, really, it's really... just okay, but it's the the mon- the, uh, the the robots, the giant mm-hmm. robots, which are mostly created through stop motion, look fucking great. Today that, they look great, and that was a low budget movie. Yeah, Rob- Robot Jocks was not an A production by no. the studio or anything. That was like yeah. kind of a rinky dink C level picture that kind of snuck yeah. into theaters. So like, there, you could make on a modest budget movies mm-hmm. that looked really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, and. Those were close enough to the A-level. One of the things I think has been the real tragedy of uh, sort of genre cinema, and this has happened mostly in the last 30 years or so, is that it used to be a low-budget movie, like a low-budget movie, mm-hmm. still used the same technology as the high-budget movies. You yeah, still have the same basic cameras, still still cameras film and film stock. stock and, yeah. yeah, and there weren't a lot of sort of tools that were not available to other people because they didn't cost like a billion dollars. But when CGI started creeping in, all of a sudden, to do those things effectively was not cost effective for cheaper well, movies. And so it used to be that like a really cheap movie, if it was made well enough, could be indistinguishable from an A, from an a movie. Mm. <clears throat> Nowadays, not the yeah, case. Like, uh, well, they still had to like light it and shoot it in a certain way. Like they yeah. only had so much film stock, so they had to make yeah. sure they got things right the first time. Yeah. There was a little bit more care to it yeah. um, when you could finally shoot and shoot on a digital source and not worry have to worry about anything. Yeah. It, things started to feel a little bit more haphazard because then indeed they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to think back, like think back to the way the Showa era looked yeah. and the kinds of lighting and cameras and film stock that they mm-hmm. used back in the 60s. And there is this uh, the way film stock worked back then. Uh, it required a lot more light. Yeah. So you need bigger cameras. You need hotter lights, mm-hmm. and everything looks bright and clear and even. One of the reasons uh, why all of the images of like old movie stars had mm-hmm. they had sunglasses on is because they were under really hot lights all the time. Yeah, yeah. That was a um, practical thing. <laughs> that wasn't just because uh, that looked cool. As film stocks got more uh, more sophisticated and were mm-hmm. made out of other materials, it, in the old days they were made out of like acetate. Mm-hmm. Uh, which could break pretty easily. It didn't store very well, and it faded. Um, sometime in the ninety or in the I guess in the eighties, uh, they started to make film stock out of polyester, which was thinner mm-hmm. and a lot more durable. You can't pull on a polyester film strip and just break it. Yeah, uh, it, it's a, like much more durable, and you can store a lot more on a reel. And you also required a lot less light to shoot with it. You could shoot in darker areas, mm. so everything doesn't have that light blasted look anymore. Everything's a little bit more mm. darker and textured. I wish people would blast with light more often because I like that visual clarity. Yeah, I hate the trends. Yeah. That, and you know, now we have like digital cameras with little teeny tiny lenses that can let in all kinds of light. So now yeah, filmmakers are shooting in like yeah. fucking pitch black rooms and yeah. I can't see a damn thing just because you can and you can kind of make things out now with those yeah. little tiny cameras. Maybe and, throw some light on. And it's stuff. and it's and it can be really dim in a theater, mm. but on at home where you, not everyone has the perfect audio visual setup, uh-huh. it could just be really hard to yeah. see. And, it's not and very well thought out. Spa- Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla was made in 1994, mm-hmm. and this was at a time when they still were using film stock and they still needed a lot of light. Um, think to just a few years later when they started using digital cameras and everything looks like complete garbage Mm -hmm. because it's all grainy and gross and uh, those digital cameras just didn't collect a lot of light. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of digital artifacts on the screen. I don't think anybody's going to be nostalgic for the way cinema looked in like 2000. Uh, I'm sure they are. Well, maybe they are. It's it's whatever you grew up with. It's it's, uh, someone... uh, I I guess it is true because I kind of like the way VHS looks even though that's... A, mm-hmm. an objectively worse picture quality mm-hmm. uh, yeah, pic- uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but Aranok just did like a video thing about mm-hmm. this I think it was in their um, 
Star Wars thing with uh, Jesse Gender, but um, talking about how like, there's this whole movement in video games, and there has been for a while, to sort of go back to like an 8-bit aesthetic as a, as, a, as a creative choice, yeah, as opposed to a limitation just from the technology. But we're not actually act, uh, uh, accurately recreating it hmm. because those very like sharp, uh, sort of uh, blocky hmm. figures... Didn't look sharp and blocky on, on a cathode ray tube. On a cathode yeah. ray tube, a cathode ray tube smoothed that out. It didn't look amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it didn't look like it does on like a sharp mm. LED screen. Yeah, like that's so. It, it's still not right. We are taking the aesthetic and we are mimicking it, but we are not actually recreating. Okay, because we're not using the same technology. No, no. Um, and uh, we're not trying to. And we're, no. and we're trying to do it, but, rather uh, than being forced to do it, because that's what the technology allowed us. But but I think um, in 1994, and I think really the pinnacle of it was the movie Titanic, mm. where they. Uh, it was one of those movies where uh, digital uh, technology was being used pretty extensively. Yeah. But a lot of that movie was still really practical. They still built that uh, they, ship. They, yeah, they built yeah. the ship. They shot it in really interesting ways. It was still shot on film, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, it's, it's an incredible it's sound. Movie. It it really is maybe the best special effects of most any movie is Titanic. Um, yeah, I'm not going to fight you too hard. I, I guess that. I guess in terms of not all digital special mm-hmm. effects because there's some you, you get to stuff like life of pi mm-hmm. or rise or uh, dawn of the planet of the apes or even the avatar movies mm-hmm. those things look amazing yeah there's a yeah uh, there was a sweet spot in the 90s yeah, where but we were yeah this, doing, like, starship troopers like, is another one that did a great mix of both uh, ish i think a lot of those gigantic shots of like the hundreds of bug aliens dated like they didn't they didn't look great even at the time um but I feel like here with Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, where we're dealing with a mid-budget, mm-hmm. and we have to create all those monsters practically, yeah. and we're shooting it uh, on film strips, uh, this is maybe about as good as a Godzilla film is going to look. Uh, I feel like uh, going into the Millennium, and I guess when we get to the Millennium movies, you can judge for yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Millennium movies don't look good. They're not yeah. shot well. That's like really muddy photography. It... Godzilla wouldn't really look threatening and cool again until Shin Godzilla. And that came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a long ways to go of really crappy looking Godzilla movies. <laughs> and and uh, anyway, but back back to this one. Hmm. Uh, space Godzilla, first off, he like destroys like uh, a space station or something. And they can't figure out, like, who, who what destroyed the space station? I love when some guy's like, our only theory is that there must be some kind of gigantic space monster. That's your only theory? That's where we're at now. <laughs> wow. Okay. We the Times have changed. Is it Dogara? That would have been cool, right? But no. Uh, Space Godzilla lands and it starts wrecking some shit. It lands on the Godzilla Island. And it kidnaps a little Godzilla. Hmm. Like... It attacks little Godzilla. Godzilla shows up to defend little Godzilla, and he, they don't go nuts like they did with some of like the Manila movies, where mm. it's like you get to see him like hanging out and Godzilla like having like a sleepy nap by a lake. Yeah, or well, playing like jump rope with his tail. Yeah, yeah, stuff. which is yeah. which is cute, I guess, but it's weird, weird tonal shift. Um, here, Godzilla's like, "Hey, uh, don't fuck with my kid," <laughs> and he gets up there and he he, he just does one thing. He pats little Godzilla on the head for one second. Mm. One, this one little thing, you know, it's like, yeah, listen, my dad never really showed emotion. All right. But every once in a while he pat me on the head and I knew that that was the limit of his capacity (laughs) for emotion. And that meant the world to him. Like, it's that kind of thing. It's like, Hey, Hey, I got this. I got this. And then Space Godzilla magically lifts little Godzilla up in the air and, like, puts him in, like, some kind of crystal fucking thing. And Godzilla's like, no! And Godzilla keeps trying to fight Space Godzilla. And Space Godzilla, like, shoots crystal missiles at Godzilla. And Godzilla's like, no. Godzilla, I think, falls over more in this movie than any other film. No, the... the just just Mo- to the Godzilla right. Godzilla versus Mothra has a lot of fallen over he, as well. I guess. He's been doing it a lot lately. Um... But uh, maybe, yeah, maybe the actor in the suit was like more willing to fall over, or because yeah. the suits are lighter now, they're being mm-hmm. a little bit better made. Apparently, there was a scene that they'd shot and cut, or maybe they wrote it and cut it, uh, in which Godzilla would actually like actively try to save little Godzilla from being like encased in crystal or something, mm. and 
the actors who did it like really loved it because it again it kind of made Godzilla more of a hero figure here without going too nuts and giving him like the speech bubbles or anything like that. Yeah. And like, we got to save humanity like a little little too far, but it just it just gave him like any animal who's like fighting to protect their young. Uh huh. We 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 empathize with we sympathize mm-hmm. we 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 think that animal is you see their parental instincts a yeah, little bit. Like yeah, like we we get it. That's not like some just like mean animal that wants to kill the humans. That's an animal that is that's a biological imperative. That's something that they yeah, that, yeah. that's love, you know. And so cutting that probably made Godzilla a little less lovable here, and maybe that's why they did it. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Space Godzilla, you know, kicks Godzilla's ass and fucks off. Yeah, and then uh, Godzilla like runs back into the ocean. Godzilla has to like you know he's on the ropes, uh, and then Space Godzilla just starts fucking up Japan, and now w- weird lasers that kind of like bend around corners. Yeah, and stuff. weird yeah. neat looking lasers too, and uh, almost look like proton pack energy. You know, it's kind of like this wild whip kind of around lightning looking thing. Yeah. Um, and now G-Force is like, okay, we were going to use Mogera to kill Godzilla, but Space Godzilla is a bigger threat. We got to use Mogera to do that. And so Mogera, uh, Mogera suits up. They have the, a brief interlude while I have to defeat the Yakuza. And then they come back. <clears throat> Where were you, Yakuza? Understood. Um, they get into their big contraption and they're about to fight Space Godzilla. And then Godzilla shows up. They're all converging. And then Godzilla shows up, and the Ahab guy's like, yeah, we're not going to fight Space Godzilla. We're going to fight Godzilla instead. And everyone's like, no! <laughs> and they end up hitting him in the head, <laughs> knocking him out, and fighting Space Godzilla. It doesn't go great for them. And then, honestly, the rest of the movie is pretty much just that fight. It, it goes on a really long time. It, it's, yeah. It, it's, honestly, even for Godzilla, it gets a little tedious. But Godzilla's fighting Space Godzilla. Space Godzilla's kicking Godzilla's ass. Mogera attacks Space Godzilla. It kicks Mogera's ass. Mogera divides itself so that the tank starts burrowing underground and the jet starts flying up. That's pretty cool. And then they realize that Space Godzilla has like is causing giant crystals to form all around it and it's channeling energy and it's using this one skyscraper as like a lightning rod to power itself and Mogera has to team up with Godzilla to fight Space Godzilla and destroy that tower, which they do. And then they do that and they never actually show little Godzilla being freed or anything like that. In fact, I thought they were going to forget about it. Mm-hmm. But then towards the end, you just see little Godzilla some, for somehow just on the island, dancing about like, hey, don't worry, I'm okay. And look, rah, and he like shoots a little fireball to let you know he's taken after his old man, mm-hmm. even though I'm pretty sure he wasn't irradiated, but okay. Um, and, uh, and then Mickey's like, Hey, good job, guys. You managed to save the day without killing Godzilla. And they're like, yeah, we learned a valuable lesson, too, about something-something. Uh, respecting life. Yeah, yeah sort of. S- something like that. Not Space know. Godzilla's life, but everyone else's. We're, we're, we're pretty good about it. And not the Yakuza, but everyone else. We're pretty cool. Uh, action movie morals are so fucking weird. So fucking weird. Like, mor- moral murder is morally wrong yeah. except when it's okay except when it's totally fine and it's the only solution to our problems like, oh no the bad guy wants to kill somebody i better kill mm. four other people yeah it's like this, this, you're creating a trolley problem here yeah. every action movie is just a jason Voorhees movie except we think everyone he kills should be dead yeah maybe. not and not because of like you know that's the slasher movie in but because they like kidnapped Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it. Basically, boom, I have, I'm giving carte blanche to kill everyone in the world now. Well, can you imagine if you kidnapped Jason's daughter? Oh, God. He's already killing anybody, anybody. Oh, anyway, no. So like, oh, you are fucked. <laughs> oh, no, they kidnapped my daughter. Well, there goes Texas. <laughs> Entire state of New Jersey was just cut off and set adrift into the sea. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Godzilla, little Godzilla, they, they, they fuck off, and Godzilla sort of, like, turns over making him, like, we're cool. And Mickey's like, great. And the Cosmos, like, return to Mickey, and it's like, hey, you did great. Oh, the, the Cosmos, by the way, appear in, like, psychic projections. Yeah. They, like, appear in a little bubble in front of her. They're actually uh, still up in space with Mothra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not actually there, but they're projecting backwards. And it's just like, yeah, we still haven't found that meteor. Anyway, good job on everything. Glad, um, mm. glad you're holding down the fort. <laughs> Bye. And, um... <laughs> it's so awkward. Thanks for uh, holding, uh... <laughs> Yeah, protecting shit. And, yeah, uh, 
we're cool, right? Yeah. Um, and then that's basically, burger or something? and that's basically the fucking movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's it's surprisingly little to it actually. Mm. Um, but you think Space Godzilla looks dumb though? I do think Space Godzilla. No, okay, <laughs> I, I, I I I try not to use that word, but I, 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 I like, do think it's I like it's Space not... Godzilla's face because I, I I mentioned that I've grown accustomed to his face. <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned this is like the Pokemon evolution of Godzilla because yeah. it has Godzilla features, yeah, but it's like slightly larger and it's has like sort of meaner kind of, eyebrows, almost and more has like a, teeth, an organic and, yeah. tiara sticking out of its forehead. Yeah, it looks, yeah, it's it looks like, kind of menacing, but also kind of silly. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's not, sli- slightly more improved version of Godzilla. I, again, I think the concept is strong. Mm. You know, it's like, it's Godzilla, but it's got some kind of like... Alien Alien thing, element, element to it. Yeah. And the idea that it would be like, instead of spines growing out of its back, it's like cool looking crystals, like in like the Richard Donner version of Krypton. Like, okay, yeah, mm. I think you overdid it. <clears throat> it's like, you know what they say, like um, when you like go outside... Uh, you, you you look before you go outside. You look in the mirror, and you turn, you re- turn around real fast and look in the mirror. Turn around real fast and look in the mirror, and just remove the first thing you see. And the first thing you see is eight hundred pounds of crystals. <laughs> You've no, overdone no, it. A smidge. Here's the thing. He was wearing a crystal necklace. Uh-huh. Spun around, saw the crystal necklace, took that off. Yeah, that's that's what the, you saw. The you didn't see the spikes growing out of his back. Yeah, yeah. they kept those. ridiculous looking monster <laughs> uh, may, maybe maybe the one I i'm actually struggling to think of a monster that i don't think looks better <laughs> than space Godzilla. Uh. at least when he's because when he's not flying around when he's flying around he grows this in gigantic like uh epcot center of mm. of, of crystals yeah on its on its back uh, when it lands it sheds those i guess or something but it still has these like just absolutely absurd it looks like the giantest pointiest white heads you could possibly yeah. have on your shoulder you just want to pop them and, like, oh, i don't think of those things full of pus that's gross okay well i wasn't gonna say i'm sorry audience you did that <laughs> no you're the one who took it where you finally took it to its logical conclusion i suppose but you still didn't have to but regardless they look nonsensical mm. they, they look like like the kind of like costume like a wrestler would shed right before they get into the ring yeah and it, I, I cannot take space godzilla seriously and i realize there's some very silly godzilla monsters out there but i can buy into the reality of the other ones a lot easier than i can space godzilla because it just looks like they overdid it um but whatever it's not a, it's it's not the end of the world I, i'm not a huge fan of this one honestly i think there are bits mm. in it that i like but i think well, well what i like about it is what i was talking about mm. all the you know stuff about cameras i like the special effects i like the way it looks mm-hmm. i like the way it was filmed uh mm. I, i'm not so bothered with the, the big giant silly crystal godzilla I mean, if that was think, my only problem yeah. with it, I'd be fine. I but feel like, like it's, the, it's not. I think it's kind of thin. I'm, well, I'm, I'm watching it this time around, and I am sort of struck by how sort of perfunctory a lot of the plot elements feel. Yeah. Because they're clearly trying to make a plot out of this. And I'm okay with perfunctory plot elements in the Showa era that mm-hmm. are clearly just impatient things you need to sit through to get to the monster fight. Yeah. And this is pretty spectacular monster fight. I like the animation of, mm. like, the sort of weird blasts. It really yeah, does look like cool. something kind of cool and alien. Um, but because they are actually trying to make a plot of this and follow actual mm. characters and explain things biologically, they need to give a little bit more attention to the story this time. So it, it I, I agree that the, the story is a little bit thin, but I don't dislike it. I, I enjoy think, watching it. I think what's missing mm. is some sort of turn in the second half, some sort of change in uh, some sort of development. Well, I think the change was Godzilla used to be sort of skybound and then lands on Earth, and that's the change. Yeah, but that's halfway through the movie. I'm talking about, like, towards the end, there's no, like, major escalation. There's no big revelation. The the Yakuza thing is there, but it's just there for a couple of scenes, and then it's gone. Mm. Like, if it had been, like, halfway through the movie, Space Godzilla had, like, wrecked Godzilla, and everyone's like, oh, shit. And then we got, like, a video message from the Mysterians Mm. saying, our our monster has destroyed your monster. We claim earth for the Mysterians. That would have been like, oh, okay, well, you have now reinvigorated my interest. 
But instead, it's just, and then we're going to fight Space Godzilla again for the next mm. hour. And it, that starts feeling a little tedious. Mm. It needed some other element. It needed, like, it, it, just follow up on Mickey, like, mind-melding with Godzilla. Like, Godzilla has, like, lost the will to live because it's so worried about little Godzilla. And Mickey has to, like, get in there mm. and, you know, start, you know, actually F- fighting yourself, through Godzilla. Yeah. Like, that could have been cool. Like, you, you set that up. Mm. Do something with it. <laughs> what is the matter with you? It's such a weird no, I, thing to I, drop. I, 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 it's I such a appreciate. cool premise that you didn't go anywhere with I, it. I can appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. The, so like, those I, mistakes. I, I think it's. I think it feels a little lacking, and I think the second half. Again, it's a cool monster fight, but that's all it's got going with for uh, going for it. And if it had been maybe half an hour, fine. Mm. A whole hour. You're trying my patience. You need a. You need something else in there. To make it interesting, and I, they didn't do it. They had a couple of options, they didn't go there. Kind of a bummer. But um, in any case, uh, we're almost done with the Godzilla section of the Heisei era. Mm-hmm. Next time, as we've already mentioned, we'll be talking about Godzilla versus Destoroya. It's not mm-hmm. Destroya. That would make sense. It's Destoroya. Well, um, the original plan. Uh... Destoroya is a creature that was born from the oxygen destroyer mm-hmm. that was used to kill Godzilla back in 1954. Mm-hmm. And uh, just the, sa- the same way Godzilla was born of the atomic bomb, this creature mm-hmm. is born of the oxygen destroyer. Perfect dark sure. mirror uh, monster yeah, for, for Godzilla. And it grows bigger and bigger mm-hmm. as the film goes on. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and I think the original plan was they wanted to call it Destroyer. Yeah. Godzilla versus Destroyer. You can't copyright the word destroyer. Well, you can call anything because that's just a word. Yeah, uh, it's also a kiss record, so maybe that's an issue with kiss. Um, <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine like a Godzilla movie with a kiss soundtrack? Kiss would be all over that shit. Kiss they would have do done it. Yeah. Oh my god! Now, now, oh, Godzilla, that Godzilla versus Kiss, where you know, where <laughs> G, you know, Gene Simmons grows to nine hundred feet tall and starts beating up Godzilla like that. That's he'd I do that. See that movie? Yeah. That sounds amazing. I mean, the only the best we got was Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park and. That's kind of a lackluster film. God gave, you know, Godzilla gave rock and roll <laughs> to you. Godzilla gave rock and roll to I'm you. I'm going to rock and roll all night and... <laughs> Cause, cause, and that's cause, it. Those are the two Kiss songs. Those are the only ones. <laughs> those are the only t- <laughs> You know, they and they, they, they write you know, Tokyo Rock City. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, just, they, just giant power ballads would be awesome. That's, I mean... Kiss has always been quite indelicate about their eagerness to sell out. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They they just smear their name all over anything. Yeah, they get a Kiss, Kiss puts casket, on a show. You know. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, honestly, they're good musicians. I got nothing against Kiss, mm-hmm. but they're very frank. They're here to put yeah, on a I, show. They're I not. A, they're not pretending to be the greatest artists I, in the world. I remember somebody was interviewing Gene Simmons, and they asked, you know, at, at what point did it, you know, the, the band separate from the brand? It's like, you know, is, are you about music? Or are you about merchandise? And he's like, I don't fucking care. I'm rich. <laughs> Yeah, it's like there's no pretenses to being an artist. He's just selling, you know, selling yeah. this shit. I'm fine if you're open about it. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's totally cool. Um, so anyway, that's coming up next. Uh, Godzilla mm-hmm. will fight Destoroya, uh, and um, sadly, Mogera I don't think comes back. Bomber, because Mogera's yeah. intact. Like you could, yeah. I mean, kind of. Like you know, you could still whatever. Yeah, they they rebuilt Mechagodzilla into Mogera. Just Why not? keep Mogera. It's fine. I don't know. Throwing out the baby with the bathwater every single time. Uh, but that's coming up next on Thank Godzilla, It's Friday. And if you're listening to Thank Godzilla, It's Friday on our main feed, our free feed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you, you're listening to it, um, you can listen to that n- next episode right now because our patrons over at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network get all episodes of Thank Godzilla, It's Friday ad-free and one week early. Mm-hmm. So thank you to all of our patrons. We hope you're enjoying your early episodes. We hope you're enjoying uh, your other bonus episodes uh, because we have a lot of exclusive podcasts on our Patreon page. Stuff like uh, Only the Best and Only the Best International podcast where we're reviewing every single Best Picture nominee ever and every single Best International Film nominee ever. We just did a podcast about um, uh, the first film in the Samurai Trilogy. Mm-hmm. which won the Academy Award for Best International Feature, I believe, in 1955. Yeah. Uh, and boy, is that an incredible film. And that was a really, really, really cool good. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have uh, our podcast, All Our Yesterdays, where we review every single episode of Star Trek ever. We're just about to do uh, an episode about Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, 
which is arguably the best Star Trek movie. Uh, we also do sometimes commentary tracks, and we're about to do a commentary track right now, actually. We're about to record it as we speak uh, for the latest Doctor Who Christmas special. That's right. Church on Ruby Road. Uh, and I'm very excited to have this conversation with Whitney because Whitney, I love Doctor Who, and I know Whitney likes Doctor Who a lot, but you've fallen out of Doctor Who. Yeah, it's been a so second since I've followed Doctor curious Who. curious about right? how this new one uh, treats you. We haven't talked about it at all. So that's coming up uh, as well. So thank you for that. Uh, if you want to talk about anything we discussed in this episode, our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. Uh, we might read your email on an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail, or if you'd prefer, you can send us a piece of physical mail. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Uh, send us a, uh, to the Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. Yep. And we're on the social medias. We're at Critic Acclaim, wherever you can find us, and mm. I'm at William Bibiani, wherever at, you can find me. And I'm at Whitney Seibold, wherever you can find me. And, uh, and if you can find us, you can... Thank listen. Godzilla, it's Friday. I don't know. You, you can listen to the, our podcast. The GT. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening. Rawr, everybody. Rawr.